The death of Isaac will deal a decisively destructive blow to the promises God has made to Abraham over decades, unless God can raise Isaac from the dead. This episode is a reading of an article originally published in my Substack newsletter on July 27th, 2023. To subscribe for free and get the, new, the weekly newsletter delivered by email, go to jacebauer.substack.com. The link to this article is in the show notes. The story of Abraham's sacrifice of Isaac on Mount Moriah in Genesis 22 is my favorite story in the Old Testament. It is dramatic, profound, and deeply typological of God's redeeming provision of atonement to cover his people. Furthermore, in the New Testament, both Paul and James pick up on this story from Genesis to make two different, albeit complementary, points about justification. Abraham is often upheld as a model of faith, and that he was, but we may often forget the many times that Abraham was not driven by faith. He was at times motivated by fear and self-preservation. See Genesis 12, 10-13, and Genesis 20, 11. Other times he was motivated by self-reliance. See Genesis 16, 1-4. Despite Abraham's lapses of faith, he is recorded as a man of faith. He believed God, and God counted this to him as righteousness. Genesis 15, 6. The story in Genesis 22 is the climax of Abraham's faith journey. Here, God is testing Abraham, as the text plainly says. After these things, God tested Abraham. Genesis 22, 1. God tests Abraham's fear of the Lord, as after the test, God tells Abraham, For now I know that you fear God, seeing you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. But I believe this is also a test of Abraham's faith. It was a God-ordained challenge to Abraham's faith in God's promises to him. The entire story of Abraham is shaped by the central theme of divine promise. To Abraham, God reveals himself as a faithful promise keeper. The theme of promise opens the story of Abraham in Genesis 12, 1-3, and is a constant thread throughout the tapestry of Abraham's story, which covers the next 13 chapters of Genesis. God's covenant-secured promise to Abraham can be summarized in three points. Land, seed, and blessing. The Abrahamic covenant promises are well summarized by Genesis 12, 1-3. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you, and I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Genesis 12, 1-3. As God progressively reveals more to Abraham, the fulfillment of the promises come into clearer focus. These promises will be fulfilled with divine power, not human effort. Ultimately, God will overcome Sarah's barrenness, Abraham's old age, and any other obstacle to fulfill his promise. This leads to the birth of Isaac, the son of promise. When conflict arises in the family between Ishmael, the son of Abraham and Hagar, and Sarah, Abraham's wife, God instructs Abraham to send Ishmael and Hagar away and in doing so he explicitly places all bets on Isaac. But God said to Abraham, Be not displeased because of the boy and because of your slave woman. Whatever Sarah says to you, do as she tells you, for through Isaac shall your offspring be named. Genesis 21:12. God protects and cares for Hagar and Ishmael, preserving them in love. But the scripture is clear in multiple places throughout both testaments. Isaac is the covenant child of promise. See, for example, Romans 9, 7 and Galatians 4, 28 through 31. 
This makes Genesis 22:2 all the more heart-wrenching and powerful. He said, Take your only son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the land of Moriah, and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I will tell you. Genesis 22:2. I quote the NASB here because I think it best expresses the progression of the Hebrew. Offering any child as a burnt offering is a terrible demand, but Isaac is not just Abraham's son. He is described as his only son, in a covenant sense. God views Abraham as having only one true son. One Hebrew scholar writes, quote, This sole son by his legitimate wife is his only one. End quote. Furthermore, this only son is dearly beloved, whom you love. At the dark pinnacle of the divine command is the unmistakable identification of Isaac, the child of promise, the son on whom rests all the hope of promises fulfilled. The death of Isaac will deal a decisively destructive blow to the promises God has made to Abraham over decades, unless God can raise Isaac from the dead. This is exactly what Abraham's faith was in. We read in the book of Hebrews, By faith Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promises was in the act of offering up his only son, of whom it was said, Through Isaac shall your offspring be named. He considered that God was able even to raise him from the dead, from which, figuratively speaking, he did receive him back. Hebrews 11:17 through 19 In the instance of Genesis 22, Abraham's faith is in the power of God to raise the dead. One could argue that Abraham's faith has been rooted in the ability of God to bring life in the midst of death and barrenness all along. But here it becomes crystal clear. Abraham must faithfully trust God for the resurrection of his son. Time does not allow a fuller exposition of Genesis 22, nor does it allow for an exploration of the beautiful typology of this passage pointing ahead to the beloved only son who is sacrificed and returns from the dead, Jesus Christ. In conclusion, we can be strengthened in our own faith by the story of Abraham and Isaac on Mount Moriah in Genesis 22. Abraham had faith in God's promises and his power to bring those promises to pass, even as far as raising the dead. We also can have faith in God's promised salvation and his power to fulfill all his promises to his people, secured in the resurrection of Jesus Christ.